Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so today's episode is a very long-awaited episode, and it was requested by probably our truest, biggest fan in the whole world, who I can say, without a doubt, if this person didn't exist, our podcast would not exist. And that's how important they are and how big of a fan they are. So we're going to start on December 20th. I'm assuming it's me. It is you. Because you said I was going to really like this episode and I was like, okay. I'm like, I didn't know if she was being serious or if she was being sarcastic. And I was like a little bit nervous that this was going to be a super spooky one. But no. It's, I mean, it's a quest. It's a little spooky, but it's not bad. Okay. So we're going to just, we're going to start on December 20th of 1968 in Vallejo, California. This is where David Faraday, 17, and Betty Lou Jensen, 16, were on their first date. They were in David's Rambler station wagon at a spot on Lake Herman Road where teens would usually park their cars because it was secluded and they would just hang out and you know do other things uh, they, <laughs> it's like a hangout okay yeah chill uh it was called lover's lane by a lot of the locals and just a little backstory about david and betty they met at a youth event and really kicked things off but unfortunately there was another man who was interested in betty and once david and her started talking apparently this other guy got jealous and it started a whole argument but this didn't stop david from pursuing her and taking her on a date There are speculations that Betty told her parents they were going to a Christmas event, but some friends said that they were actually going to a party with other students. However, they never went there. No one's really sure why they went to Lover's Lane, but I feel like we all know why they went there. (laughs) You know, they're teenagers. It was their first date. So many cars did pass and see them sitting there, but one in particular stopped. And the only thing we know is that this person walked up to their car and attacked them. David was found towards the back of the car on the ground with one shot to his head behind his left ear. And Betty Lou was found with five shots on the right side of her back, a a distance from the car, showing that she had tried to run, but the attacker shot her while she was running. I've seen a TV show about this. This scene was in the show, at least. A, a scene exactly like this. Like a TV show talking about the murder or a TV show just like using that as a scene? Using that as a scene. Oh, okay. But it could have been about murder. I don't remember what show it was. Well. But I remember there were two kids in a car and the guy came up and he shot the one kid and then the girl started running and he boop, 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 boop. And the girl you watch Oxygen ever? I have no idea. Maybe. I, I, think, I think there was an episode. So once police got to the scene, David was still alive, but he was unconscious as the bullet literally went through his brain. That's insane. Right. He unfortunately did pass away on his way to the hospital, though. An investigation opened with the town that was horrified because there was a murderer on the loose that had no problem killing kids in cold blood. Yeah. Of course, police initially investigated the other boy, who was not named, that had a crush on Betty Lou. 
the one that David had previously gotten into an argument with, but they later found out he had an alibi and there was no way that he was the killer. He might have actually been at that party, but they didn't really say. This was where the case went cold. Around six months later, on the night of July 4th of 1969, less than five miles from where Betty Lou and David were killed, 22-year-old Darlene Farron and 19-year-old Michael Majo were hanging out. Now, I'm unsure if they were on a date or just hanging out as friends, and it was kind of confusing because some of the articles were like her boyfriend and boyfriend-girlfriend, and others said they were just friends, but History.com said that Darlene was a wife and a mother, so I'm, I'm going to assume that they were just friends hanging okay. out. But they were sitting in the car at Blue Rock Springs. A car parked by them, but immediately drove away, only to return shortly, park behind them. A man got out with a bright flashlight, and they kept the light shining on them, and they thought it was like a cop, obviously, because he couldn't see. This was until shots started ringing out. Darlene was in the driver's seat and Michael was in the passenger. Michael was hit in the jaw while sitting in the passenger seat. And after this, he jumped into the back seat where he was struck again. Soon the gunfire ended and the shooter started to leave. But Mar- Michael was crying out in pain. And this is when the shooter heard him, shot the car more before he left and drove away. Unfortunately, Darlene died in the ambulance However, Michael survived, but faced serious injury, injuries. Wow. Right? He was shot in the face. Yeah. And he had been shot a couple other times. He was able to describe the shooter to police, and he described him as a five foot eight Caucasian man, around 195 to 200 pounds, with light brown curly hair, who appeared to be around 26 to 30 years of age. Obviously, these two shootings were very similar, but I am unsure if police were made aware of a possible connection because this is where it gets weird. At 12.40 p.m., a call later traced to a gas station payphone had a man who had called the Vallejo Police Department and claimed responsibility for the shooting as well as the murders on Lake Herman Road. According to the police dispatch, the caller spoke in a low, monotonous voice saying, quote, I want to report a murder. If you will go one mile east on Columbus Parkway, you will find kids in a brown car. They were shot with a 9mm lugger. I also killed the kids last year. Goodbye. End quote. Whoa. Mm-hmm. On August 1st, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Vallejo Times, and the San Francisco Examiner all received a handwritten letter that said, quote, Dear Editor, this is the murderer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl on the 4th of July near the golf course in Vallejo. To prove I killed them, I shall state some facts which only I and the police know. Then they, I guess, stated some facts or whatever. And I guess they weren't made public because I didn't see them in any of the articles. But with the letter, the killer included part of a 408-syllable cryptogram, which the killer said would reveal his identity He then demanded, I looked at Heather weird, that's why I paused. He then demanded that the newspaper print his letter on the front page, and if they didn't, he would go on another killing spree that weekend. The San Francisco Chronicle did publish their part of the cryptogram, but with it, they quoted the chief of police, who said how he wasn't sure that it was written by the murderer, and how he would like the writer to send a letter to prove his identity with more information. Why would I do that if I was a murderer? He apparently, I mean, sounded like he just wanted to get caught 
or he didn't, but made it want to sound like he wanted to get caught. Because if I was a murderer, just, I wouldn't call the police station in the yeah. first place. Well, true, but also, if you're going to write me a letter and say, please tell me who you are, if I'm a murderer and I'm clearly playing a game, I'm not going to call you up and be like, hey, my name's Heather. I'm going to hide. True. Yeah, that's why, well, I don't even get, and they could trace phone calls, which I guess is why he, like, used the payphone. Well, I think that, I mean, it seems like a lot of murderers do confess to somebody, so maybe this murderer person just wanted to tell somebody, I don't know. Get it off his chest. And he felt like he should tell the police, and he felt like the police still wouldn't find him. Which, I mean, really, well, that if happened. you call, which I know that they know, like, general location, but if right. you call, all they really know about you is if you're male or female. True. And sometimes not even that, because sometimes voices are Destroyed. so high or low or, yeah, even cut in and out or whatever. So they might not even be able to tell. Didn't the Golden State Killer do this too, though? Or he would straight up call them? He, like, I think he, like, wrote a note saying, I'll be here at this time if you want to catch me. And then he was there and then they still didn't catch him. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been a call, but I think it was a note. Yeah, because they were all at that meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... And go check out our episode on the Golden State Killer. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. That was too cringy. <laughs> Good idea, but... <laughs> um, um, even though all three parts of the letter were not posted that specific weekend, they were actually posted, like, after that, but no... Um, Did they just want to see if he would be true to his word? Like, why would you post it afterwards? I don't know, but, like, nobody got <laughs> murdered that weekend, thankfully. That we know of. On August 7th of 1969, the San Francisco Examiner got another letter, this time saying, quote, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. I figured this was the Zodiac Killer. Honestly, as soon as... Because I feel like this is the one that I've requested the most. Yeah, I think this is the only one you've really requested. Yeah, well, I've mentioned a couple others, but like I said, I don't know anything about any of them, so... Yeah, well, this is Zodiac... Or, he said, this is the Zodiac speaking... And then he included more detail of the murders and again reiterated that the identity of him lies within the coded message he sent. Well, it just was too hard of a message, Zodiac Killer. If you're listening, we clearly aren't smart enough to figure it out because we still don't know who you are. So if you could send another one that was a little bit easier, that would be great. Well, on August 8th, the next day, uh, it, Donald and Betty Hardin were able to crack the code. Oh. It was actually Betty. Donald was like a school teacher, but it was Betty that got it started when she guessed I or like assumed it would start with an I or have I in it or something like that. And she was right. It said, quote, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. End quote. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. That doesn't tell me who you are. It doesn't. Which... I mean, it says you're a sicko, but, you know. Mr. Zodiac, please send us another message that actually tells us who you are. Please and thank you. <laughs> well, of course, as we know, this did not have his identity, so the police had nothing to go off of. Maybe this message could be decoded in two different ways. Like, maybe that was the trick, decoding. So I say this because whenever I was in undergrad, I played... In a game of capture the flag and when we played capture the flag you had to make a clue and when i made my clues i made them to where they could be solved two ways an easy way that would trick them and then the real way heather we're gonna have to go over some of these so i'm just wondering if after. like maybe 
He made it two ways. So you would think that you got it, but you didn't. You just sound a lot smarter than me because having to think during playing any game just does not appease me. I would just me. like to say I did win Capture the Flag. I can tell why. <laughs> you will have to look over some of these and see if you can figure them out. I just am not smart enough, but I'm just saying it's a possibility. I think it'll take the right person to look at it the right way. I don't understand coding or um, not hieroglyphics, but like cryptic. Don't understand it at all. If you're smarter than us, please correct this code a second time. It apparently needs to be correct twice. Well, there's plenty of more codes that are coming. More codes. Yes. On September 27th of 1969, 20-year-old Brian Hartnell and 22-year-old Cecilia Shepard were sitting on the shore of Lake Berenessa. This is all in California, by the way. Having a picnic when a man approached them holding a gun and wearing a hooded sweatshirt with a circle and a cross on his chest. Like, kind of... It, it was kind of like the one where if you're going to get hanged, how they... Back in the old days, how they would put it over your head. Like the executioner hmm. type of thing. That's what it looked okay. like. But the sweatshirt had a circle with a cross on its chest. Kind of like a bullet thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, or tar- bullet target type yeah. thing. The man told them that he was a prison escapee and that he was going to rob them for money and a car so that he could flee to Mexico. He proceeded to tie them up and then stabbed them with a knife. Cecilia, 10 times, and Brandon, six times in the back. He then left, but before he left, he drew a circle and a cross on their car, as well as the dates and locations of previous murders and how he murdered them. Unfortunately, Cecilia died from her injuries a few days later in the hospital, but Brian did survive. At 7.40 p.m. after their attack, a man called the police to report a double murder, and then he said that he was the one who did it. Okay. Yeah. Police were able to trace the call, and it led to a payphone and a car wash, or by a car wash. Police officers were able to get a palm print off of the telephone, but unfortunately, they were ne- never able to match it to anyone, and the case went cold again. Do we think it was him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. On October 11th of 1969, Paul Stein, who was a 28-year-old college student and a husband, was working as a cab driver in San Francisco. This is when he picked up a passenger in an upscale neighborhood. Seemingly unprovoked, the man shot Paul in the head in front of bystanders who were teenagers who saw it from across the street, and the teenagers obviously called the police while he was literally cleaning out the cab, and then he took off before they got there. He also did take, he took a piece of Paul's shirt that had blood on it. Why? We'll figure that out next. Okay. Because. Is he cloning people? No. Just keeping keepsakes? Yeah. Oh, gross. Um, Yuck. mm Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets frustrating because I'm already frustrated, but well, here's continue where on. <laughs> we're frustrated at the killer. This is where it gets frustrating on law enforcement. Okay. Because I really think they have flubbed this entire thing. Okay. Like this entire, obviously, this entire case. If you don't know, they haven't caught this. We don't know killer this killer yet. <laughs> but so clearly things have not gone to plan. Right. The teenagers gave the description of the man. And when police put out the description, they said it was a, a black man. And Why would they say that? Because they said they mixed it up. I, I don't feel like you mixed that up. No. And 
they the first guy specifically said Caucasian. Well, at, this was all happening real time. So I don't tr- do not think at all that any of these people knew that this was a Zodiac killer as this was happening. And this so this one specifically? Yeah, because like okay. this I mean, the, he had It was different, yeah. This was happening like live, like live PD style where this was all like, oh, these teenagers called in a okay. shot. Okay. Um, okay. So they which, weren't thinking that it was him. Right. And, you know, this was, you know, back in the day. How come he didn't draw his picture on the car? Uh, maybe he just didn't have time because this Mr. was... Zodiac, you flubbed it up. This is where... you if you would have done better. People saw him. But here's the thing. Because they probably, in my head, and I don't know, this is my speculation... Police probably thought it was just a robbery and were like, oh, like, right. you know, here's the description. Stupid. But what it did do was have the police literally pass the male pedestrian that perfectly matched the description. They saw him. And because they were looking for an African-American male, they did not do anything about it. I'm embarrassed. I am frustrated. As I'm sure everyone else is, because seriously, they probably was him. Oh yeah, it matched the description like of what he was wearing and everything, and they oh. they saw him. But again, he and wasn't. I don't yeah. think that the police officer. If I'm not saying that this had ill intent, it could have been a mess up. But if it wasn't a mix up, then I just assume that they thought it was a regular robbery and, and were just like, person. Yeah, let's 100%. go harass people. They definitely did. So they did think it was a routine robbery, which I feel like routine. Is a weird Word, way yeah. to describe robberies, but yeah. this was until October 13th when the San Francisco Chronicle got another letter from the Zodiac Killer stating that he was the murderer of the taxi cab driver and how he was going to target children on a school bus next time. So, first off, I don't want him to target children. Um, this started in December and now we're in October. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes, I believe... The first two kids were in Wait, it, it spanned over, like, two years or something. Okay. Two or three years. Just curious. He he said that he was just going to, like, shoot the tires off of the bus, and then the kids would just, like, run out of the bus. And that's what was going to happen. And this time he included a piece of Paul's shirt that had his blood on it. Yuck. So, the teenagers were able to compile a composite sketch, but no arrests came from this. The Zodiac Killer said in his letter... That he wore a disguise, so it wasn't accurate anyway. Even though they estimated that they had almost 3,000 suspects over a period of years, this case went cold again. Or should I say cases? Because they're all connected. This was the last confirmed kill committed by the Zodiac Killer. Though he claims he's murdered 37 people, and police think that there may be more. Hmm. On November 8th of 1969, another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters was sent by the Zodiac Killer. This cryptogram was unable to be solved by professionals and common folk alike. On April 20th... Send it to me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll show you what they look like. I thought like. it was funny, though. I can't really describe, like... In my head, like, looking at just, like, the pictures, I'm like, how can they not? Like, don't people watch The Price is Right? Like, isn't Wordle a thing right now? Like, why can't they just easily figure this out? But not The Price is Right. Wheel of Fortune. I know it's more complicated than that. Who am I to talk? Because I'm literally dyslexic and I wouldn't be able to solve anything. But 
Maybe that's what we need. Is it dyslexic? Someone to be dyslexic. Okay. On April 20th of 1970, the Zodiac Killer sent another letter. This time it said, quote, my name is, but they couldn't crack what his name was. He also asked the police if they were having a good time trying to crack the code and if they weren't to have them cheer up because when they do, they'll know who he is. But that goes directly against another thing that he said, which like translated to he will not give you his name. But I am not a code person. And like I mentioned, I am dyslexic. So I hope that I am understanding this correctly. I do know that it is a theory that the name he gave for the one that they couldn't crack, some people think was like the Mad TV guy. Because like they have the spaces and the amount of letters is like 13 letters or something like that. In the name? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they think that it's, you know, the Mad TV mascot. He's like the boy with the freckles and like the red curly hair or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I hope he has red hair. I don't remember. But anyway, um, some people think it's that. Obviously, it's never been confirmed. Which, I don't know. But I do just want to say that we are humans and we make mistakes and we're not perfect and I'm not the smartest person in the world. And when I say that I tried for a hot minute trying to understand all of these, because next is like a, a list of all of the letters and the cryptic things that he sent. It does not make any sense to me. Even reading it, I am so confused. So I figured instead of I'm excited trying to like, you know, put it in my own words and like say like all these things, I didn't want to flub it up and make it not make sense because to be quite frank, I was so frustrated trying to read these because it just wasn't making sense to me. I'm so excited. So I'm just going to read it. I want you to know that I have wanted to know about this case for probably three or four years. Okay, well. So I'm so we're excited learning, that we're talking about this. We're learning together. But this is directly taken from Wikipedia, and it will be the next set of letters. So it reads, Zodiac continued to communicate with the authorities for the remainder of 1970 via letters and greeting cards to the press. In a letter postmarked April 20th of 1970, the Zodiac wrote, quote, my name is blank, followed by a 13-character cipher that has not been solved to this day. The Zodiac went on to state that he was not responsible for the recent bombing of a police station in San Francisco. And then it talks about the bombing, but but added, there is more glory to killing a cop than a Sid because the cop can shoot back, end quote. The letter included a diagram of a bomb the Zodiac claimed that he would use to blow up a school. At the bottom of the diagram, he wrote, equal 10, comma, S F P D equal zero. What equals ten? It I think it's just the quote mark. Okay. So like maybe nothing equals ten. <laughs> I would say the zodiac killer equals ten. Police equals zero. Like he's one ten, police have one zero. Because he keeps getting away. San Francisco Police Department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this is why I'm here. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't letter, I don't letter and I don't number well. So. No, you're fine. We, I mean, I use abbreviations in work all the time. So whenever people start spitting letters at me, my brain immediately tries to figure out what words those letters could stand for because like everybody uses abbreviations differently. So that's why my brain immediately was like San Francisco Police Department equals zero, which means 
losers. Tina, Aunt Tina is going to be so disappointed when she listens to this because she will quite literally just type out entire paragraphs in one, one like letter per the first word of it and will want me to understand what she's saying. And I think she thinks it's funny, but I rarely understand what she's trying to say to me. So she will just give you like a bunch of capital letters and yeah. just all these words and you're supposed to figure out what it is? Yeah. Like, like a sentence or whatever? It'll be like... Jill's the goodest granny watcher in the whole world, but it will be like, Jay, I, I'm not good at this, but you know what I mean. Once it gets past, like, what are you doing? Or like, TTYL, I'm, I'm gone. I'm out. But, I got you. Well, I don't know if there was like a, um, a symbol there or whatever, but I think that's what the, that part was trying to say. That makes sense. So the Zodiac sent a ten, green. though. Ten people? Because I don't think we have ten people. Well, he claims that there's more. more. Okay. But they can't be... Some of the people, I think that he had said it, he killed, were only injured. But he then sent a greeting postcard on April 28th of 1970 to the Chronicle. And written on the card was, quote, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast, all capital letters, followed by the crisscross circle thingy. Okay. And on the back of the card, basically he was threatening to bomb a bus unless the newspaper published the full details that he had written. He also wanted to start seeing people wear some nice Zodiac buttons. So he wanted his own merch. Sir, you have to make your own merch. Mm-hmm. He could set up an Etsy, just get, put in your uh, ID and your credit card information. Literally. So... In a letter postmarked June 26 of 1970, the Zodiac stated that he was upset that he did not see people wearing Zodiac buttons. He wrote, What quote, does he mean, Zodiac buttons? Like, like a pin? You know, like the political buttons. But like, why? Because he, think, think, he thinks he's hot stuff, apparently. Okay, but... Okay. I just... Okay, this is a long time ago. Maybe buttons were cooler then. I mean, yeah. Because, like, whenever I go to flea markets, there's so many, like... Bush, Reagan, whatever, all yeah. these people. So, like, buttons, and there was I Hate Elvis buttons that Elvis's manager made. Oh, just to stir stuff up? No, just because they were like, well, we'll make money off of it. The people that love you and the people that hate you. Good oh, marketing. True, Terrible honestly. man. Terrible man. Okay, I don't know anything about Elvis's manager, but we don't have time for that right now. We gotta keep going. Well, we'll watch the movie sometime. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> if I let Jill talk about Elvis, we'll be here for another hour. <laughs> anyway, so, yes. Um... Okay. Nobody wears buttons and he's mad. Mm -hmm. And I don't think buttons are that cool, so I wouldn't be that mad. Well, then he said, quote, said, quote, I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a thirty-eight, and people think that he was talking about a sergeant who was killed a week earlier who had been shot in the head, but they don't think that he was involved with that at all. However, that still has not been solved. So probably. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. There are lots of crazy people out there, but. True. But he also included a, a Philip 66 roadmap of the San Francisco Bay Area, and he drew a crossed circle, his little signature thing, and placed 0, 3, 6, and 9, accompanying instructions that stated 0 was, quote, to be set mag- in, I think that means north, 
It also included 32-letter cipher that the killer claimed would, in conjunction with the code, lead to the location of a bomb that he had buried to detonate, but the cipher was never decoded still to this day, and the bomb, if there was one, has never been found. But this note was signed with, well, now it really does make sense. This one was signed with dash 12 San Francisco Police Department dash zero. I'm so stupid. Dash or equals? This one's dash. Okay. But the last one. The other one was equals. So maybe he's dyslexic too. You know, making all these codes. (laughs) In a letter to the Chronicle on July 24th of 1970, the Zodiac Killer took credit for Kathleen John's abduction. She had been abducted four months prior. In a July 26th letter, the Zodiac paraphrased a song, the Milkado, adding his own lyrics about making a, quote, little list of the ways in which he planned to torture his, quote, unquote, slaves and, quote, unquote, paradise. Because that's what he said. He was killing people as his slaves so that when he died, he would have more slaves in the afterlife. Weird. I don't know what cult mentality that was, but I would like to make an episode about that. Yeah, that's strange. Right. The letter was signed with a exaggerated symbol and a new score. And this one's equal. Equal 13 at San Francisco Police Department equals zero. Is that what was holding you up when you were reading these? Yeah, it was. <laughs> because I'm I'm thinking codes and maybe I just overcomplicated that in my mind. Like because they're like all these codes and like deciphers and all that stuff. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like the stuff made sense, but like him like putting, oh, this is going to be circled here and it's going to be north and this is going to be where a bomb is. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, I got you. It does. So, so you're just, your brain was overcomplicating it a little bit. I think it was. And I think I just kind of like shut down <laughs> while trying okay. to read it. Yeah, that's okay. But at the bottom of the letter, it said, quote, P.S. The Mount Diablo code concerns radians plus pound sign inches along the radians don't know what that means anyway a close examination of the radian hit by zodiac researcher gerdith penn led to the discovery that a radian angle when placed over the map per zodiac's instruction pointed to the location of two zodiac attacks okay which makes sense but on october 7th of 1970 the Chronicle received a 3x5-inch card signed by the Zodiac with a small cross reportedly drawn with blood. Gross. Yeah. The message was formed by pasting words and letters from the edition of the Chronicle, like we had seen before, like the ransom notes. Mm-hmm. And 13 holes were punched across the card. Inspector Armstrong and Toshi agreed that it was highly probable that the card had been sent by the Zodiac Killer. But we also have to take into consideration that many, many, many people like to confess to things and pretend to be people. And even some people will kill people trying to copycat other people. It mm-hmm. makes no sense say all those me. people go to jail. If they want to go to jail, let them go to jail. Well, especially the copycat killers. Oh, they're... yeah. Well, obviously. Those yeah. But uh, I'm just saying, like, if you want to admit and you want to go to jail, go to jail. I don't care. Our next t-shirt. You can go in if you want. Like, I'll open the door for you. 
I really do. I'll hold it open for you like a gentleman. I'm with Heather on this one. I think that that should be a crime. It wastes everyone's time. Mm-hmm. And it stresses out people's families who have already had to worry about too much. So stop doing it. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> on October 27th of 1970, a reporter from the Chronicle named Paul Avery, who had been working on this case, received a Halloween card signed with a letter Z and the little symbol thing that he made for himself. And inside the card was a note that said, quote, peekaboo, you are doomed. The, they obviously freaked out and took this threat seriously. And they even put it in the paper on the front page. He started getting anonymous letters alerting to him to the similarities between the Zodiac's activities and the unsolved murder of Sherry Jo Bates, which had occurred four years prior. However, this still has never been connected. The final letter that we know and believe to be from the Zodiac Killer was received on January 29th of... I do realize I am talking faster. Sorry, Holly. (laughs) On January 29th of 1974. This was like three years since they had heard from him. And basically, he just sent... He sent out that The Exorcist was the best satirical comedy that he had ever seen. And... He had a portion of the verse from the Mikado with a weird symbol at the bottom that apparently people still don't understand, but I don't understand how people don't understand it because you just figured it out. Anyway, it was me equals 37, SFPD equals zero. That's what people don't understand? Apparently... Girl, give me these codes. I'm going to figure that out. If that's been the thing holding everybody up, I've got that part down. Well, that's not the ciphers. The ciphers are like weird squiggly zero I know, X but things. still, if that's the thing that everybody's like tripped up by, that was easy for me. Well, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> and maybe, maybe you just thought that because you were tripped up by them. Maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> this was the last that we heard from him. But... Remember the November, you won't, because there were so many. Remember the November 8th letter that was unsolved? Well. No, I don't. (laughs) It was unsolved for over 51 years. That was until December of 2020 when the FBI announced that they had finally cracked the code. Oh my god. Just kidding. It was not the FBI. And it was not law enforcement. And it was nobody that worked in law enforcement. It was just some random people. One of them. I thought it was a group of researchers. Well, I guess they together researched it. Okay. And no, you're thinking of a different thing. Okay. Um, Sorry, my bad. No, you're fine. It was a software developer in, in, in Virginia. <laughs> developer in Virginia named David Oranchek, a mathematician from Melbourne, Australia named Sam Blake, and a warehouse operator and programmer in Belgium named... Jarl Van Nyke. They worked on this for 14 years after starting it in 2006. And here's what it said. It read, quote, I hope you are having lots of fun and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to the paradise all the sooner because of because now I have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing. When they try, when they reach paradise, so be, nope. When they reach paradise, so they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise death. Now, there was 
on a TV show how somebody had like called in and said they were. He says that this wasn't him, which I wouldn't trust him anyway. But the reason this took some them so long to figure out is because he actually made an error in spelling. And that's why nobody could crack the code, because if you make an error, it doesn't make sense. So he spelled paradise, P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E. And so that's why it was like not making sense, but these smart people from all over the world figured it out. Now, there have been multiple suspects believed to be the serial killer, the Zodiac killer. The main one being... The main ones being Arthur Lee Allen, who died in 1992, never being convicted, and the most famous suspect being Ted Cruz. Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> I do not think that it's Ted Cruz. Well, here's the thing. Okay, tell me the evidence, because I've never heard the evidence, but I do hear people saying that. Senator Ted Cruz was born in 1970, and clearly, clearly was, was not not. Him. Not committing these crimes before conception. Okay, thank goodness, because, like, I was going to feel stupid, because I feel so strongly that it was not Ted Cruz. <laughs> so, um... I was going to feel like a dummy if they came out and they were like, it is Ted Cruz! <laughs> Apparently, it was just a meme. I think it was just a meme. And I just thought that there was serious evidence behind the meme. And, you know, don't get me wrong, it's a good joke. It's a great joke, even. But... I miss early, like, 2010-ish internet meme culture, but I think that it's still going pretty strong because I 100%. saw somebody... Yeah, there was it's somebody... on TikTok still. Yeah, and people have, like, little water bottle stickers that, like, say... Yes. Like, yeah. It's still it's still out there. But right. I, I feel strongly it was not Ted Cruz. And There's now no I feel way. extra strongly that it was not Ted Cruz, unless Ted Cruz is a vampire. The next episode we talk about how <laughs> is Ted Cruz... A vampire. A vampire. <laughs> um, I will say, though, that Ted Cruz has had some fun with it, and he's made some jokes about it on Twitter, including, like, sharing some of the cipher things on there. You know, good for him for being a good sport. Sorry for falsely It's just so ridiculous. You. I thought that there was, like, solid evidence, like, he looked like him or... Like, maybe he Remember was in the same area. Remember when you said area. he looked like him and you showed me the picture of him in Zodiac and they Killer and I was like, anything. they are not even remotely the same. They don't. And I don't know why. And he looks like that now. I just think I assumed after seeing the meme that it was like, people had like reasons to suspect it. Dude wasn't even born yet. No, they just don't like him. I mean, like, good, good for you. If you want to hear Heather talk about how Texas went during that really horrible snow thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with Texas. Texas just doesn't get snow, so they don't have any plow trucks. I was there during the great snow apocalypse of 2021, um, where the state shut down and the power grid froze, and it was, like, pretty terrible. But it was just funny because at one point in time, the governor was on the TV, and he was like, do not worry, you great Texans. We have all 50 plow trucks running in the state of Texas. Oh, my gosh. Which is, like, hilarious to me because... Even in St. Louis, which, like, we don't get a lot of snow. We get, like, a few snows a year. We have way more trucks. And they don't use salt there, by the way. They use sand, which is slippery. So the whole thing was just, it didn't make sense to me. But that's because I'm used to having, like, consistent snows. But honestly, if, when people from, like, Minnesota come here, they're like, this is a joke. Because mm -hmm. we do a terrible job compared to them. Because they get way more snow, so. I thought people were mad at him because he, like, left while it was a crisis 
I think he was like on vacation or something. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah. I don't watch the news. But. I just thought the governor was hilarious. He was like, do not worry. We have all 50 plus. And they had a big map of like the Dallas area. And it was like all across the, I was in the Dallas area, but the snow was like all across North Texas. So there was like a map of how many plow trucks were on each interstate. And it was like five plow trucks on this like hundred mile stretch of this highway. I think we have more than 50. It was so comical. Plow trucks in Troy. Probably. Probably. Especially if you consider all the guys who do it just like on the side. Well, yeah, my dad and my brother and everybody did it. So if you consider all those people, but the city of Troy probably doesn't own that many. Oh, no, not the city of Troy, but they contract. Yeah. They contract companies out. There's no one to contract from there because nobody nobody has has plows because they do not need them. Yeah. So they actually like hired a fleet of plows to come in whenever their 50 plows weren't moving the snow fast enough because the snow was on the ground for days and days yeah i know that obviously it's very scary for texas people because it was scary to me listen even if you live where there's a bunch of snow when you drive on the road there's not normally inches of snow that nobody has touched it's normally at least plowed yeah and there's salt on the ground this was no plow so like my little car is driving through snow and i'm compacting it myself because all these texans are too scared to go out so like I quite literally passed, like, three people the entire drive to Fort Worth. Okay, so, lastly, we have the most recent. This is when a team of more than 40 detectives, journalists, and military officers that are retired that call themselves the case breakers published that they solved the case and that the Zodiac Killer was Gary Francis Post. Gary passed away in 2018. Ugh! Yes. So close. Well, they say that... They believe it's him because an ex-criminal became a whistleblower and, like, said that it was him and that he has a forehead scar that was, like, really similar and, like, some other things. Um, They said that they're working on getting ballistics and DNA evidence to confirm this, though the FBI says they do not. they have DNA of the Zodiac? I don't know. It just wasn't mentioned before. I'm not sure. They have a palm print. But do they even know that that was his? No. Because it was a payphone. So. Yeah. So, but they said they went through like affidavits and all that stuff and they're confident. However, the FBI says that they are not and they do not believe this is the Zodiac Killer. I was going to say, I think the FBI said no. Right. And last I checked, which had an article from five days ago, said the FBI still says the case has remained unsolved. I did look at the Casebreakers website, which is casebreaker.org, linked in the comments, and show notes. And the last update just says, FYI, 2022 documentary and development. So I don't see anything newer suggesting otherwise that they have had solid evidence. I was one of the very many excited people. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, and that's a little bit of a bummer. So... Yeah, with that being said, this is the unsolved case of Ted. I mean, Zodiac Killer. I'm so sorry. I loved it. <laughs> Actually, I think that was funny. Anyway, um, per usual, you know, we have five different cases where people lost their life. Mm-hmm. And who knows how many other truly lost their life and how many people do not have closure for their loved ones and victims and stuff like that. So hopefully one day, even if it isn't a scary guy 
someone hopefully still alive so that these people can get answers. 100%. I hope that we figure it out quick because I feel like the time's ticking. Right, for sure. We need to figure out who it is so that the families can actually see justice and it's not just, oh, they died 10 years ago. Right. Because that's like anticlimactic. Well, and then they never, I feel like they never really get closure. They got away with it. it. Well, that too. But it's like, I know a lot of families of victims just want a why. Why did true, it happen? True. And if well, somebody. I know why. It's because he wanted slaves in the afterlife, which doesn't make sense, but he's clearly deranged. That, yeah. I do not understand if that is some sort of cult or religious thing. I have no idea. It's freaking weird, but there are many, obviously, many, 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 many documentaries and books written about this. So, yeah, I learned a lot, learned I'm not very good with numbers, and I will show whether they, um, I'm sure we'll use that, like, in our weekly post. Yeah, that's fine. You know, just. Okay. Because it's, it's interesting. It looks like. It would be really easy to solve, but it took these people literally 14 years to it solve just it. Doesn't, that does not make sense to me. What? It just doesn't make sense. How could it take that long? Well, they. here's the thing. They said that these people that worked on it for 14 years, they said that the reason they didn't solve it sooner is because they were using coding technology that they created or something like well, that. We need to do it by hand. Well, that's what I'm saying. Those teachers solved it in 20 hours. Those That teacher and her his wife solved it in 20 yeah, hours. The teacher and his wife probably have been trying... Since I don't think they're alive anymore. I'm not saying they're trying right this minute, but oh. they probably tried whenever it came out. Don't you think they would? The police probably were like, hey, can you solve this for me again? Yeah. But maybe, well, maybe in the coding world, if things aren't spelled right, that's why it, it just throws the whole thing off. But, like, still, in my head, that doesn't work very well. I would just think that it would be, like, super uber easy to just have an entire sentence and be able to figure it out like you do on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't either. Well, thank you for educating me. No, I actually really liked it because I also did not know. I think I was a little scared of this just because of all the codes and ciphering and numbers and letters that were involved in it yeah that makes sense but i've always been curious about it but like i everybody here knows i'm just like too lazy and too spooked out to do any research so i didn't know anything about it but now i do and now we know ted cruz ted cruz is, is most not likely not allegedly not the ser- serial ted cruz killer is most likely not the zodiac killer when ted cruz was born a year after the zodiac killer started or before there was some before that they think he's connected to, but they can't confirm it. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, thank you. And to all of our lovely listeners, if you haven't already, please follow our social media accounts. If you want merch, it's linked in the show notes. And we will be back together next week with another episode. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.